Hi guys, this is Jake Parker. Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond Fit podcast, where it's my job to help you apply knowledge that is both scientific and practical into your own life to maximize your physique development and your overall body, as well as your mind. The combination of these two things is what makes you Beyond Fit. Alright guys, this is Jake. You are listening to Beyond Fit. I wanted to do a little solo episode today. I've kind of had this one in mind for a while, and it's something I generally do every year at the beginning of the year in January. I know that January, let's see, by the time this goes up, will be just finished. I just wanted to go over 2020 in the books I read new things I learned or thought about or changed and where I'm focused at now, because I think this will be useful for you guys as far as setting and keeping your own goals. And then just really getting to hear my reflections on what's been working, what hasn't gone well. um, And also just get a nerd out on some books, which I always love to do. So hit me up if there's any good ones you've been reading, or if you're curious about any more specific recommendations for certain periods in your life or certain goals or whatever it is. Next Monday, I'm excited to launch my podcast with Austin Bagshaw. We talked a lot about just overall mindset and confidence, behavior change. We wanted up talking a lot about just negativity bias and why people are so geared towards the negative and how to overcome that. So if you want a really good mindset guide and just a positive message, you're really going to like the podcast that Austin and I did that's getting released next Monday. So without further ado, I will start like I have the last couple years with doing a review of the books that I read in 2020. And these are grouped in my favorite. So in my notes here, I have best slash great. And then there's a section of okay slash worthwhile. And there's a couple that I did not feel were worthwhile, even though they were by some authors that I really respect. Uh, The message just really, I already felt like I knew it or it didn't resonate with me. Um, The best books, the great books were The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, The One Thing by Gary Keller, Getting Things Done by David Allen, who I actually had on the podcast. So check that out in the show notes if you have not. The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century by Yuval Noah Harari, Total Recall, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography, which is the first book I can remember rereading. I first read this back in about 2018. I've only really had this personal development habit of reading books under my own volition for maybe at max three years. So I'm starting to circle around to some of my favorite books. Soon I plan on rereading The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, as well as The War of Art and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Those are a few of my favorites that I kind of uh, I'm ready to circle back around to because I read probably about two years ago now. Um, The last four on this best slash great category, Homo Deus, another book by Yuval Noah Harari, Uh, The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene, Atomic Habits by James Clear, which you've heard me talk a lot about, and The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. 
So as far as the best ones here with the most takeaways, I would definitely point towards Atomic Habits because there's just so many bite-sized actionable tips and snippets that you can literally apply to your life today. So that one was really awesome. It's probably one of the most popular, we'll call it self-help books of the last couple of years. And it's for good reason. A book that I've recommended to a lot of people is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's almost hard to believe that I just read that book in 2020 because it's just become one of those books that I think about a lot and whose lessons I try to impart on a daily basis. So The Four Agreements are, let me remember here they go, be impeccable with your word, don't make assumptions, don't take anything personally, and do your best. And so these are all about, um, I think, just the preconceptions we have about what other people are doing or saying or thinking or what other people's actions have to do with us because we have this narrative instinct where we always think that things are happening to us or things are happening as a result of our actions but a lot of the time things happen or people do or say certain things because of their experiences in the past whether it be in their childhood or maybe they're having you know a bad day or just a rough patch in their life like the best example is you know, if someone says fuck you and cuts you off in traffic, it may be because they're really frustrated right now because they're going through a tough time with their significant other or they just got fired from their job. Or that's just one of the most basic examples, uh, something that he kind of mentions a couple of times, but it really helped me to realize that, oh, you know, I'm so in my head and a lot of people are just overthinking, anxious, and it helps you to realize that not everything is a result of your actions. And so to not be so hard on yourself when people are cruel, because a lot of the world just is so cruel. Another really good resource would be one of my favorite YouTube videos. I've mentioned it a ton of times. You actually don't have to watch it because it's just um, speaking, but it's David Foster Wallace, the author. He's giving a commencement speech and it's titled, This is Water. And I won't go into it too much here, but it's basically about how we tend to see things only from our specific point of view. And we tend to not look into other people's perceptions and just forget that there is so much nuance to how people see and interpret things and how we see and interpret things. And basically it starts out with him just saying, you know, there's two fish and these two fish are swimming along. And one day a bigger fish comes up to them and goes, good morning, boys, how's the water? And the two younger fish swim on for a little bit. And then one looks at the other and he goes, what the hell is water? So it's, it's, it's a good speech. It's really, like I said, it's just about our perceptions and the things that we observe subconsciously on a daily basis, but aren't necessarily thinking about. And then the other two books that really have become kind of staples of my personal productivity are The One Thing and Getting Things Done. And so I really enjoyed all these books a lot. The ones that were just okay, um, I wouldn't ever read again, but were definitely helpful. Give and Take by Adam Grant, The Complete Contest Prep Guide by Lane Norton. So this was a book I read um, specifically about preparing for a natural bodybuilding competition, which I do plan on doing in the future. I'm not 100% sure when yet, but that was useful information for sure. And Lane Norton is a really good person to follow in the evidence-based fitness space. So I would definitely recommend checking him out. Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield, whom I love. He's one of the people I admire the most. He has also been on this podcast. Um, Do the Work, I felt like, was a little bit of a rehash of The War of Art, which is, like I said, one of my all-time favorite books. And so I don't necessarily feel like I learned anything new, but it was helpful to get some of those 
uh, tenants from the War of Art reiterated. And this book, Do the Work, was kind of more about how to complete a specific project. On Writing by Stephen King, To Sell is Human by Daniel Pink, and Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, which is a dystopian fiction novel that was good and I feel like is very poignant to the issues we're facing today. But the reason it was just so-so for me is because it was it was really difficult to read. It was written by Aldous Huxley in about, I, I wanna say the 1930s. And some of the words he used and ways he talked about and described things were really hard for me to comprehend. And so it took a long time to get through this book, but definitely very poignant in the society we live in today, just talking about um, basically the dystopia is a place where everyone is just confined to the roles they're given at birth, but they're taught to accept and love these roles. And so it's, it's, it's a really interesting book and something to dive into if you're curious about uh, the sort of dystopian fiction genre, kind of like 1984. The two books I didn't love were Crush It by Gary Vee. Basically, this was a lot of rehashing of the stuff Gary Vee says on Instagram a lot. He's the type of guy that I really like his motivation and I like the things he has to say, but there's not a lot of things that he says that are brand new. You know, he says hustle, he says grind, he says, you know, do you figure out who you are and really try to capitalize on your skill sets. And this is all great information, but he's one of those people that like, I think if you follow him for a little bit, you kind of know all the things that he has to say. So that's kind of what I felt when reading this book. Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I really like Brene Brown. She's someone I really admire. But the thing about the book was I felt like not having read any of her books in the past, this might have been like her fifth or sixth book. And not having read any of her books in the past, I felt like I didn't have the grounding to fully take advantage of and understand or appreciate this book. So I want to dive more into her books in the future. But I wish I would have started with one of her earlier books. I have her book, Daring Greatly, Daring Greatly which I'm going to give a try here in the next few months. And uh, a lot of respect for her. Uh, she's a really good uh, YouTube uh, TED Talk out. So I'd recommend giving that a try. And again, like I said, I love Gary Vee. I love Brene Brown. These books just didn't really hit a, hit a chord with me necessarily. New things from 2020. These can either be things that I learned or things that I decided to start focusing more on or just habits I picked up. Uh, the first one, and something I've talked about a little bit on the podcast or on social media is doing a 24 hour fast on usually the first weekday of every month. And this really is not for the health benefits, although I do find it somewhat interesting that fasting potentially can have some cell autophagy benefits, which is essentially uh, just the repair and maintenance of your cells, which has been shown to promote uh, the fighting off of diseases, but this is very fringe and not really researched. So totally not the reason I do it. The reason I do it is just because it really presents a unique challenge. And I feel like it strengthens my resiliency and it strengthens my ability to just do hard things and be comfortable with being uncomfortable. The same reason I started taking cold showers in the morning, every morning uh, this year as well. Those last for one minute. So basically I'll get in the shower for one minute, I'll set my timer. And then once that minute is over, I can turn the shower from cold to warm. But doing things like this are just, like I said, they're for me a way to get comfortable with doing the uncomfortable. And so that helps in working out, that helps in creating my business. And it just is a really good meta skill. So I would highly encourage you to find a couple of those things uh, in your life to really just sharpen 
your ability to do the hard shit, get through the hard shit, be resilient. Uh, new thing from 2020, I started my business in October. I started my coaching business. I have a handful of clients right now and I'm getting ready to put a couple more things in place infrastructure wise to accept more clients. This has been really fun and it's been a really awesome learning experience. I have thoroughly enjoyed setting up this business and starting to help people because it's been something I have wanted to do for the past couple of years, but just never really necessarily felt ready to take this on. But the more I became clear on my goals and vision and capabilities and just looking at the things that I've learned and the things that I can do to help people, um, I felt like I was ready to take on this new challenge. And so my my goal for this year is to make this my 100% sustainable. I mean, that's kind of an oxymoron, but my full-time career and the thing that I solely do, solely uh, do for work. And so I'm really looking forward to further refining this business. And as always, you can reach out if you're curious about getting coaching for yourself or for someone you're close with. One other new thing, and this is kind of random, but definitely something I observed when thinking about my year is that I stopped kind of obsessing so much over just like cleanliness. I feel like the more I am anti-conformist, the more I just tend to take a step back and look at why do I do things? So for me, it was like, why do I do things like have to shower, you know, every morning or every night? Or why do I have to uh, wash things in the laundry when I just wear them once or twice? And I know that kind of sounds gross, but I, I definitely consider myself a person of very high cleanliness and hygiene. I just realized that, you know, I don't necessarily have to do these things just out of habit, just because I feel like I have to. Um, a good way to conserve energy and conserve my own time is to really think about, is this necessary? And that's obviously something, if you listen to the podcast, I apply to everything in my life. So I don't know. I just think that it's one of those things where we just become conditioned to do certain things, uh, even as far as like putting on colognes, putting on gels, you know, of course, buying new things, buying new clothes. I just have tended to think about these things a lot more deeply. And do I necessarily need all these things at every uh, specific time that I have developed the habit of doing them? I have this year become more intentional about watching movies and just being entertained. So I have really gotten rid of any random scrolling on Netflix or streaming services where I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to watch? What's on here? Because there is so many interesting things out there for me to watch that I'll, I'll catalog them and I'll write them down. And then when I want to be entertained, when I want to watch a movie, I will go in and pick out a movie that I've been excited about watching that I've noted in the past that I want to watch. And it's really rewarding to be active about your leisure time and about your relaxation. A lot of times people, you know, will just go and yeah, you'll watch whatever and it'll be okay, but kind of shitty and boring. And so trying to trying to eliminate that and try to do things in my free time and for relaxation that I'm excited about. If I think about a movie or someone mentioned the movie, I'll write it down. And maybe that leads to me looking at other movies that I'm curious about or kind of going on like certain binges of actors I really like and stuff like that. So I think that the lesson here is really just being more intentional about the way you spend your time, not only productively, but passively is really important to me. And this helped me be a lot happier and just feeling like the time I spend resting and rejuvenating is really a lot more effective. 
I started writing book reviews on every book that I finished this year. So that's another new thing. I think eventually I intend to share these once I can get my website back up and running. But yeah, any book that you see me talking about or, you know, posting about on social media, talking about on the podcast, whatever, I probably have a book review for. So if you're really curious and would like access to that, I'd be more than happy to send you an email uh, with the book review, but they're not publicly available right now. Uh, but that has been something that's helped me a lot in just my retention and appreciation for a book and just finishing it and feeling like I really know what lessons I took away and know how it impacted me and can remember what the book was about months or years later. Hey guys, just wanted to mention real quick, if you're listening right now, you qualify as a podcast listener for a discount on my coaching services. My coaching services are for people looking to sustainably build the fittest and healthiest body they can. I offer custom workout plans as well as specialized nutrition advice and keep you accountable with weekly check-ins and actionable challenges. There's a money back guarantee if you're unhappy at any time and there's no commitments. So please check it out. The link is in the show notes. I really took my meditation to the next level this year with just focusing on being consistent. So putting meditation deliberately into my morning routine, not just saving it as something that, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to do it at some point in the day, because anything I find that has any sort of a high barrier to entry, like meditation does for me, if I say I'm going to do it later in the day, I almost always just end up not doing it. So that's why when I talk about my morning routine, it's just about doing the things that are most important to me that have a high barrier to entry. So like for you, if it's been difficult for you to put in to place a consistent exercise routine. Maybe you have to exercise first thing in the day because that's something you have to get done in order to feel productive. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're, you tell yourself you're going to do it later in the day. You just don't end up doing it. Um, but that's why I think it's important to put those type of things at the beginning of the day. And I would say over 70% of the days this year I've meditated and it has made such a huge difference in the way I perceive things and the way I think about my emotions and the way that I just interact with people. And just even more than that, my relationship with myself, I really feel like I truly, for the first time in my life, know myself deeply because of this meditation practice. But it's something that's really important to me. And I would encourage anyone to at least give a try, even if you think that's kind of woo woo and silly, I promise that it can really change the way you think and the way that you perceive things and just uh, the other takeaway lesson, like I said, is just do the really important things in the first part of the day. And like I mentioned in my other podcast, talking about morning routines, um, make sure that you try to stay off your phone in the first 30 minutes to an hour of the day when you're trying to get these really important things done. Because once I open my phone, I know it's kind of game over where I, I, I'm kind of open up, opened up to be distracted by whatever, you know, whoever's texting me or whatever emails or notifications I get. But giving yourself that first half hour, hour, if you can, even two hours of the day to just do whatever it is that's important to you. I also journal and read during this time. It's really going to make such a huge difference in feeling like you are prepared and feeling like you're proactive in life rather than reactionary and rather, and rather than just feeling like you're running around just chasing things all day. It makes a huge difference. The last lesson from 2020 was on just... I put down here main gaining, which is for me pretty synonymous with lean bulking. And what that means is just basically gaining muscle and 
size and a little bit of weight, but staying at a relatively lean body weight. So for me, I've generally stayed this year around 12 to 13% body fat and have been able to put on some size and muscle. And I think in the past I've focused too much on a big calorie surplus where I'm gaining weight, but a lot of it is fat because at the point I'm at right now, I am, I would consider myself very intermediate to just at the beginning stages of advanced, as far as lifting, as far as body composition, as far as overall musculature that I can develop. Um, and so the muscle gain process is slow. So only eating a couple hundred calories over my maintenance is enough to build a little bit of muscle, but also stay relatively lean. And another thing that I have been doing is every month or so, maybe every two months uh, in this really small, and I would say probably one to two year long is my intention right now, calorie surplus and muscle gain focus. I will take a mini cut, which is just a about one week period in a calorie deficit where you take that to lose a little bit of body fat so that your uh, body fat isn't going up too high. But in addition to that, it's just kind of a break from eating a lot of food. Sometimes, you know, for me, the number is around 3000 calories right now to continue to slowly gain weight and gain muscle. Um, that might be, you know, only a pound every month or two. But just this really slow bulk requires a about 3000 calories, maybe a little bit more. Um, and as I gain weight, it will continue to be just a little bit higher by 100, 200, 300 calories. Um, as I get closer to the 190 range, which is about where I want to stop and try to maintain again for a while. Right now I'm at about 183 or so. Um, but the point being eating about 3000 calories or more a day is a lot of food. And so taking these mini cuts is a good way to just have to not focus on getting these meals in, getting this food in, eating these big portions for a little bit because it kind of gets tiring after a while. The other important thing to note here is I talk a lot about weekly calorie cycling with clients and with myself. And I think that that's a really good way to be able to have big days on the weekend where you drink and eat, you know, go out to eat, eat more higher, high calorie foods. And I think that that's a good strategy, but I have been trying to have less of these days as I'm in this sustained calorie surplus and trying to slowly gain muscle, because if you are going to really take that to the extreme and proportion your calories where it's like two or three days a week or high calorie, and then the rest are lower calorie, but you're still in an overall surplus for the week, it's going to be hard to have muscle gain happen because you want to be in a sustained and systemic calorie surplus throughout the week where it's about a couple hundred calories a day. If you can, uh, again, like, going off the plan once a week and having that big surplus and then coming back down, uh, tapering it back down by going a little bit lower intake on the next day, isn't always going to be a bad thing. I'd encourage you to try to do this on days when you're not working out because you really do want to try to have that small calorie surplus on days you are working out in order to really continue in that muscle gain process, depending on how advanced you are. If you're still a beginner or even in the beginning or middle stages of being an intermediate lifter, this probably doesn't apply to you, but I've noticed that I have to become more strict the longer that I lift and the more muscle I gain and the closer I get to this genetic ceiling that I think kind of gets overblown, but definitely is a thing where, yeah, your, your, your growth starts to slow down a lot at a certain point. And, you know, there will come a time if I continue on the path I'm on that I probably will reach my genetic ceiling or at least like the 95 to 99% of my genetic ceiling. But that definitely is, I don't think gonna happen for at least a few more years, if not more. 
Um, last thing here, what I'm focused on now. So as far as specifics in workout, I'll kind of stay on that for a minute. Um, I did do full body workouts for a while in 2020, maybe three months or so. And those were basically where I'd go into the gym and I'd kind of just do whatever I felt like I could do. I'd almost try to hit like every muscle group or at least like 70% of muscle groups every time I went in the gym. So I'd do some squats. I'd do some pressing. I might do some arms, uh, calves, abs. I was doing tons of different exercises and I didn't find it sustainable because it was just too sporadic. The goal uh, with this is something I'm still, I would say, trying to focus on, which is just spreading volume out more so throughout the week where you're not just doing all your chest exercises on one day, or you're not just doing all your leg exercises on one day. Um, but now it's more strict where I write down a specific plan of things I'm going to do each day. And I have four workouts per week. And I write down exactly which ones I'm going to, which exercises I'm going to do. And then I do this for say two to three months. So right now it's like Monday is based around the deadlift. And so I'll do deadlift. I'll do some abs, the leg press, rear delts. The next day will be my bench day and I'll do bench. I'll do shrugs, hamstring curls. So it is still pretty sporadic, but I do have a specific plan of exercises I'm going to do every single day. Um, so that is what's different about then just going in and doing, you know, kind of whatever I felt like doing that day. The plan that I'm on right now is just to do four different exercises, the four main powerlifting movements, deadlift, bench, squat, and press. And those are what the days are based around the four different days. And they'll all have opposing accessories, which I've talked about. Um, but they are specifically geared towards improving those four, the deadlift, squat, bench, and press. And those are the only four lifts that I'm specifically tracking progressive overload right now on. Um, the others, I'm just kind of intuitively trying to get stronger or progressively overload in some way. And this is very similarly to how I program for clients. I will say here are three to four lifts that we're focused on. Try to get stronger on these and the rest try to take to a one or two RIR, which is what I always say, but it's less tangible and it's less strict on the smaller isolation movements or the movements that we're not prioritizing. Um, so that's how I'm going about gaining right now and how I'm going about programming for myself. One of the other things in training I'm focused specifically on is building up my raw deadlift. So a lot of that has to do with just my grip strength and forearm size has never been great. So I'm doing a lot of deadlifting without straps. And so trying to build that up right now is just one of the only, probably the only specific strength goal I have is just hitting this certain number 410 on my one rep max deadlift, but raw without straps. So my one rep max in the past for deadlift has been 500 but that has been with straps. And so it's a lot harder. You can bench press, or excuse me, you can deadlift a lot less not using straps. So this is something I talked about on my Instagram story the other day, where I really like to use straps on things like the deadlift and shrug, where you can't overload uh, near as much and you can't lift near as much weight without them. But at the same time, if you are wanting to focus on your grip strength and forearm size, do I would say less than 50% of the exercises with straps um, that, you, that you can unstrapped. My other focuses for this year are more just centered around personal development and self-actualization and just things I want to not necessarily change about myself, but become more focused on. So in the past, I've, I've always seen myself as a very curious, 
uh, person. And I feel like I've kind of lost some of that. So I want to, and these are just affirmations that I actually have that I write down every morning and reflect on. So just listen to listen and not to respond, especially I've kind of noticed myself getting away from this in my podcast, as well as my day-to-day life show others I'm listening with body language and clarifying questions. So being an introvert, I, a lot of times think about things in my head and will notice, you know, I create pictures in my head and I'll notice that I'll look away from people or I will internalize things and forget to acknowledge the other person that I appreciate what they're saying and that I'm observing what they're saying. So kind of being more outward in that way, I think is helpful. Um, I've noticed that sometimes I falter in this with relationships with my family, relationships with friends, romantic relationships. So I think that while I'm always trying to focus on how to better communicate, This is just one of those pieces. I have been focused on not judging, but accepting other people. Uh, Again, being so focused on self-development and improving myself, I can be too quick to judge other people that aren't doing that and not think about where they are in their life, the station that they're at. Um, Probably they haven't had the certain uh, events that I've had that have led me to want to focus more on personal development, or they don't know how, and they don't know where to start. So just trying to be more authentically myself. And if people want my advice or want to know what it is that I do to stay focused, to stay sharp, to improve myself, they can ask me, but I don't have to push that on people. I feel like in the past, I've kind of judged and wanted wanted to put that on people. And so that also ties back to the curiosity aspect, the focus on judgment or lack thereof. And then the last affirmation is progress is better than perfection. Something I've been telling clients that have the same sort of neurotic or neuroticism about trying to be perfect with their plan is that perfect is the enemy of good. And it's so hard to not try to be a perfectionist, but so many times it's an excuse or it's procrastination when we try to be a perfectionist. So if you want to apply this to your workouts, to your nutrition, to getting better at your job, to your reading habit, you know, whatever it is, you have to think doing something is better than doing nothing. And 75% might suck, might feel shitty because you want to get hundred percent, say just like of your workout volume every week. But in reality, you're not going to be able to do that. So always prioritize something over nothing. You want to start a reading habit, start reading one page a day and build from there. It's like James Clear's two minute rule. Like I've talked about before, he says, when you're building a habit, you have to start at a point where the habit takes two minutes or less to complete. So think about how you can apply that to your life and just really remember hammer into your head as much as you can. Progress is better than perfection. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you would, please take a minute out of your day to review and rate the podcast as well as subscribe. It would really help me out a lot. And if you're on Instagram, go ahead and follow me on there at jakeparker.fit and screenshot and tag me when you're listening to the show. I'll be sure to share it. And thank you personally on there.